Hello, welcome to Fixed Income News Australia's first ever podcast. I'm delighted to have Michael Corey from the Australian Bond Exchange join me today to talk all things bonds. Welcome, Michael. Good morning, Liz. Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks so much. Um, let's have a little chat about quantitative easing and what's going on around the world. Um, I know the US has certainly um, approved another massive stimulus package, so a lot of money is flooding into markets. What have you witnessed? Um, yeah, just on that, I mean, uh, I think it's $1.3 trillion, um, that was approved. I have been watching this closely and I mentioned to someone the other day that I think we're getting to the point of saturation or diminishing marginal returns in terms of more stimulus doesn't necessarily mean more growth. And they're continuing to throw money essentially at um, an economy that already has too much um, cash floating around. So I don't know that it's going to make much of a difference. The same can be said for probably most of the economies around the world and um, also for Australia. So, and I know that the RBA has just announced in its last minutes that it's probably looking to implement another um, bond buying program of about a hundred billion. Um, again, I don't know that that's going to necessarily make a huge difference um, to uh, the strength of the economy or to growth. Um, but um, I think if nothing else, it's probably more of a psychological or a placebo effect that people think that it's going to uh, make things better. It's certainly interesting to see um, the markets get a little bit jittery too with those 10-year yields rising. I know the Australian yields up around 1.8% and I think the US yields about that same rate too. Do you think um, uh, people investing in government bonds or those big investors are getting, you know, they're getting saturated too, so they're demanding a higher price or you think it's a bit more of inflation and, and the, the thought of interest rates rising? Yeah, no, that, exactly that. I think that um, people have decided that, um, again, probably going back to that point of saturation, that at some point rates have to rise. Um, we, we're seeing data out of um, a lot of economies where uh, growth is now being projected to grow um, stronger than expected. Um, that will bring with it um, fears of inflation possibly, and um, it's going to make the back end of the yield curve a lot more volatile. But I think simply, you know, we're at, we're at, I guess, rock bottom as far as the interest rate cycle is concerned. And now um, investors are looking forward and thinking, yes, things will need to change um, in the future. Um, it's just a matter of when um, and how much, but, but definitely the, there's very little room to move to the downside. So I expect that we'll probably see more volatility in the um, in the back end of the uh, the yield curve, um, and even even in the um, the front end, even the three year bond um, in Australia, where the RBA <coughs> has essentially tried to peg it at um, <coughs> excuse me tried to peg it at uh, ten basis points, we actually saw that drift up towards sixteen seventeen basis points. So even at the front end, it's starting to happen as well. Yeah, that's true. That's very interesting times. And um, 
One of the things I've been looking at recently is private debt and the move for fixed income investors to look towards private markets that don't seem to have, you know, that volatile prices up and down. Of course, if you're in, in the private debt market, it's a liquid, fairly liquid and so hard to trade. Um, is that one of the sweet spots for your investors as well? Are they looking to private debt? Yeah, we recently uh, placed probably close to $30 million of a um, four-year bond um, for a company called Palace Capital, which is a property development company. And the bond is paying a coupon of 7.5% with a four-year maturity. Now, people um, or investors in Australia, I guess probably more from a cultural point of view, aren't used to these type of instruments. Uh, around the world, they are more accepted. Um, they're more, more um, open to these sort of securities. But domestically, particularly because we've had some um, news out about similar types of instruments that have gone um, bad. And it's a little bit like um, what happened during the GFC. You know, people have got memory, long memories and they're avoiding these securities. But I think what will happen is simply as a result of such low interest rates, low income um, um, earned from traditional investments, even some of the sort of probably mid-tier corporate bonds are only returning around 2% um, as a yield, running yield. And with inflation around one and a half, it's like a, you're essentially standing still. And re retirees, I mean, we've got an aging population. There's going to uh, come a point where they won't have a choice but to look at these sort of securities. And the truth be told, I mean, this particular company is very solid. It's never missed a coupon payment in the last four or five years since it's been in operation. So um, the only issue, I guess, is that it's unrated. Um, people are used to or like uh, bonds to be rated, but it's just simply a, uh, an ex too, too expensive a process uh, for these smaller issues um, to make it worthwhile. But but there is more there is more um, more of this these type of securities coming to market. So, and just tell tell us a little bit about Palace. What part of the um, real estate market are they in, and what's their sort of specialty? How have they used the funds? Um, so th this particular issue uh, was uh, structured as a warehouse trust. So the funds raised uh, from the bond go into this warehouse trust. The funds are then dispersed out to a panel of uh, approved developers. The properties um, that they uh, lend to uh, or developers um, are what they term the Hollywood suburbs of both Sydney and Melbourne. So all along the eastern seaboard, um, places like Vaucluse, Watson's Bay, Potts, uh, Point Piper and Double Bay, that sort of thing. So they're all very high-end developments. And um, that's what secures the bond. And the other point to make is that the bond, the, the lending is actually a very conservative um, 55 to 60% in terms of an LVR. So you would need to have you know, a dramatic shift in the market for that bond to you know, start to look, um, I guess, um, 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 unviable. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because those suburbs are the ones that are really booming. I keep reading that they're, you know, 
the p people at auction are getting a million dollars over their reserve and uh, like it sounds like that's the really exciting part of the market but we have seen some volatility in there and um, yeah look seven and a half percent it's very difficult to get that anywhere in this market and that's what makes private debt so attractive I think. Well the other point to note is um, and it's very unique to this particular bond is that it's actually listed uh, on our Iris platform which is a digital interface between the wholesale market and the retail market. The point being that the this particular bond, by being listed, allows um, investors to trade the bond at any time prior to maturity. So it can be a quasi-term deposit um, type investment where you can own the bond for a period of six or 12 months and then Given there is a secondary market, you can exit the position. The bond will trade in the same way that any other bond uh, trades, and it it gives you liquidity. So you're you're not locked in for that four year period, which I think is a huge advantage. Yep, yep. I just think we need to be careful about talking about term deposits and <laughs> unlisted or unrated bonds in the same paragraph. But like the income, the income of seven and a half percent is so is so attractive and. I think if anyone in fixed income in size, it's certainly worth looking at that market um, at the moment. And um, I know, Michael, that you're the first company to make bonds available on that Iris platform. And can you just tell us a little bit about that? Who, who should investors speak to to find out a bit more about, about buying through Iris or any of the other platforms? Um, so the Iris um, software program is... I guess the staple for every equity investor in Australia, and in, well, in fact, there they actually have it um, in place in various parts around the world. So anyone that really trades uh, Aussie equities um, will have uh, access to an Iris platform. So the idea is that uh, anyone that really wants to access the OTC or wholesale OTC bond market can simply go through their equity advisor. Um, and the equity advisor will then execute a tra the trade the same way, essentially, it looks exactly like a uh, trading and equity um, position. The, the trade or the security will then um, go through our trading engine and uh, it will route back to the, the broker. It will then drop into their order pad and it will be settled the same way an, an, uh, an equity trade settles. So, the intention is to create a huge distribution platform for fixed income and make it uh, as seamless as possible uh, for investors. And just quickly, do they need to be wholesale qualified and what's the minimum amount per bond? Well, certain uh, bonds, so like Palace, um, are solely for wholesale investors, but there's a whole bunch of corporate bonds like Centuria, uh, um, Pete, Naos, who, that are open to retail investors. Um, minimum parcel size is 10,000, and that's the idea versus what you would normally need as a minimum parcel size through Austroclear, which is 500,000. So, so we fractionalize the bonds and give a whole lot of investors more access to that OTC bond market. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us some insights into the market and also to what Australian Bond Exchange is doing. Uh, delighted to have you with us and hopefully you'll come back and chat to us again. And uh, to any of our listeners, if you have a question for us 
or there's something you would like to know a bit more about, can you um, please email me at elizabeth at fixedincomenews.com.au and we'll attempt to answer your question. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day. Pleasure, Liz. And anytime you need me, uh, just let me know. Thanks, Michael. Bye. All right. Cheers. Bye.